0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Mickey Rock Talk. My name is Shane A. Bassett, your host, the movie analyst, and today's movies are Man of God from 2021 and Exit in Red. That piece of music is called Destroy All Robots by Dave Niebuhr off his album Retro Inferno. Thank you, Dave. Okay, so let's start with Man of God. This is a Mickey Rourke movie where he's not the star, but he is third build. He has a cameo only in it. Now, I'm going to talk about his entire scene, basically, because it is a huge, significant pinnacle of a scene. So if you're interested... And I suggest you should watch the movie first and come back to me and have a listen because, uh, yeah, this scenario uh, that Mickey Rook is in, he's been cast in a role which turns the whole movie around and keeps you thinking well after the last credits roll. It's the story, the true story of Saint Nick T- Tarius. I hope I'm saying that name right. Probably not. Uh, It's available on digital platforms down under uh, to rent or buy. I rented it because there was uh, no DVD or Blu-ray at this point available. It's uh, a story of this man of the cloth. He's been banished, slandered, been convicted without trial. He's always kept preaching. He's never stopped. He's a person of the people. It covers a long time span from about the late 1800s into the 1900s. And to be fair, and as honest as I can be, as much as I will watch any movie Mickey Rourke appears in, I certainly was not expecting to be enthralled by man of God. Not at all. But then I was. Some of the words I wrote while I was watching this film. Incredible. Inspiring. Saddening. Eye-opening. It's a true story. And... It made me look the man up when the movie finished. Now, I'm not a, a religious person. People who know me know that. However, this was well acted, directed, a really well laid out movie, not slow, was intriguing, and it just got into finer details without hitting you over the head with them. It was written, directed, produced by Yelena Popovich – Uh, It was a big hit, apparently, theatrically in Greece and Serbia. Yelena is a Russian-born filmmaker who has kicked goals with this movie. It's an excellent dramatic film. Like I said, totally took me by surprise. It took her a decade to get it made and released. So that's a bit of a uh, labour of love. It's a faith-based movie, of course, and faith-based movies are a big money spinner. All around the world. They're quite popular and getting more popular every year. Especially, I find, if they're done respectfully and without preaching or jamming the Bible down one's throat. Often you can go to the cinema, a commercial cinema, and not even know there's a faith-based movie on. There's not the hype. There's not the uh, advertising for faith-based movies. But there is a regular release of them all the time. Every year. They're just... They're there. And the community who are within that frame of faith-based films and faith-based community know about them, but then others don't, go watch them, and they're good movies. If they're done right, they're all good movies. And I indeed have seen some better than others, but that's like more movies, Uh, all movies. I indeed actually also enjoy parody. So when I think of parody, I think of Life of Brian when it comes to religious films. Very offensive back in 1979 or whenever that was released and still is to this day. It's Monty Python, of course. But back to Mickey Rourke. Uh, This is Man of God. We are talking about not Life of Brian. Mickey does not turn up until the one hour, 38 minute mark. He's a paralyzed man. And the movie actually only goes for 1 hour and 51 minutes, something like that. He doesn't rock up until the 1 hour 38 minute mark. And like I said, if you don't want to know what his uh, role is, you don't want it spoiled, go watch the movie and come back. He hasn't got a name, he's just a paralysed man, he's laying in a hospital bed and he's all banged up, he's uh, got bandages all over him. And I don't know how he does it, but Mickey does this all the time. He represents... He's a linchpin to basically the entire movie here. A final piece of an abstract religious puzzle. As this paralyzed man laying in bed next to the aging, unwell saint, he says, you must be a man of God. Now, Mickey gets to say the movie title. That's a bonus. I loved it. I just went, yes, because you don't hear that. You actually don't often hear the movie title spoken in the movie. It's a brief, significant conversation that these two have. Uh, And you know what? There's another line that Mickey says as this paralysed man uh, sort of takes a quick friendship with the saint. They're in the hospital together, laying in beds next to each other. And this man that Mickey plays says to him, All I can do is lay here like a piece of meat. Now think about that for a second. It's a very similar line to what he says in The Wrestler, the Oscar-nominated performance Mickey did as Randy the Ram Robinson. He calls himself in that movie an old, broken-down piece of meat. That was 13 years earlier. Is it a coincidence? I'd love to ask the director or Mickey himself, but I picked it up immediately. I thought of The Wrestler as as soon as he said this line in this movie. We cannot take the risk of him becoming a patriarch. He consorts with harlots on the streets. I know it is hard for you to believe that he can be a Judas, but it's true your holiness. I'm not even sure about his good heart. You think that you can come here and pretend to be holy? I'm starting to think that you're not human. You seem to be the real deal. Don't wonder, they don't like you. We will demand patriarch Sophrony to be removed and place you in his position. There you go. That's a little bit of the trailer of Man of God. And it's a good one. There's two trailers. One shows Mickey doing something you uh, don't want to see him do because it'll be a spoiler. And that's quite often the case with many trailers of movies. But uh, I am about to tell you what it was anyway. His character apparently fell off a cliff. His character isn't named... Uh, and the dialogue, it's done in a couple of separate scenes. The camera is often above Mickey's face or next to him on the pillow when he talks. Mickey is excellent. And because he's wounded, he wears like this torn shirt, he's got a bandage across his head, uh, scars and cuts over his face. And to say the best is saved to save till last is an understatement. In grandiose manner, Mickey then has the miracle moment. His hospital buddy, the saint, has passed away. And this paralyzed man sits up, gets out of bed and walks. He can walk. It's a miracle. (laughs) These were not the scenes I was expecting to see Mickey have. I thought maybe he'd play uh, a monk, a disciple, a corporate priest. But no, he is the recipient of a miracle. How good's that? Funny, uh, actually, because in 1989, Mickey played Francesco uh, about St. Francis. So there you go. There's a link, in a way. Mickey was a saint in another movie, and here a saint actually creates a miracle and helps him walk again. Mickey is third build during this movie uh, in the credits. Not bad, considering he had a few minutes on screen bit like uh, Judi Dench in Shakespeare of Love. Won an Oscar for only about eight minutes. Now, the Greek actor who plays the saint, he's really quite good. His name, and I hope I don't uh, screw it up, Aris Servitalis. And he ages in the movie uh, under a beard and makeup and gray hair. He's a terrific actor, and I'd like to see some more work that he's done. His conversation with Mickey Rourke, there's chemistry there. They're very good together. Although, at times, I think, are they actually in the same room together? Mostly, it is close-ups of Mickey's character and close-ups of the saint. And they're talking to each other, but the only time you sort of see the men in one shot is from a distance, when the camera is pulled back. So maybe... They weren't even in the room together when they acted these scenes. I don't know. And if that's the case, the editing is amazing. Could Mickey have played any other role? Well, I'm not sure about that because he's perfect in this. He nails it. It's the pinnacle. The pinnacle scene he's part of. It explains and covers everything that came before it. So, yeah, no, Mickey nails it. Man of God, take the plunge. You will not be disappointed. It's a good, true story. It's interesting. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And I really do hope Yelena, the director, uh, her career is only basically just kicking off with this movie. She's got the talent to make a lot more dramatic endeavors, such as this one. It just didn't work out like that. And I left. I left you. You never did anything wrong. You know? I used to try to forget about you. (laughs) I used to try to pretend that you didn't exist. But I can't. You're my girl. You're my little You're my little girl. And now. I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I'm alone, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. Oh, man, that just brings tears to my eyes. That's uh, part of the uh, broken-down piece of meat speech from the wrestler. Mickey Rourke's Oscar-winning, well, I wish it was. It was a BAFTA-winning but it was an Oscar-nominated role, getting uh, getting excited there. But uh, can't change history. And um, I will feature Francesco with Mickey Rourke, starring with Helena Bonham Carter, the movie from 1989, which was also a little bit controversial and uh, rarely watched, even now. Back then when it was released, it disappeared, and even now people don't know it. But uh, the movie where Mickey plays St. Francis, he took risks even back. Well, one am I was saying? Even back then, he's taking risks now. All his movies are basically risks and they're different roles. And that's what I love about him. And we will talk about Francisco in a future episode of mickey rock talk it features helena Bonham carter who's one of the greats anyway and uh yeah this was around the time that she was on fire too in in miami vice and was after a a room with a view and lady jane i mean helena and mickey together looking forward to talking about that film but right now exit in red 1996 another movie that very few people saw So this movie was directed by Yurik Bogeyerich. I hope I'm saying that name right. Uh, he also made Three of Hearts, which I, I remember quite well, seeing that at the movies from 1993 with Kelly Lynch, Billy Baldwin and Sherilyn Fenn. Apparently he only co-directed that movie with Mitch Glazer. And Mitch Glazer, he actually went on to uh, marry Ke- Kelly Lynch. And Kelly Lynch and Mickey Rourke have uh, appeared in at least two Movies that I can think of off the top of my head That being Desperate Hours And what's the other one Passion Play Yes, there you go That was uh, just off the top of my head And this Yurik director He also directed before that Anna In 1987 Now I'd like to see this movie Anna Because it stars Paulina Porizkova Another Really cool talent that I've always liked, her alibi, just think about that, but appeared in a movie with Mickey Rock called Thursday, although they were not in scenes together. Thursday's a terrific movie, actually. In this one, though, Exit in Red, Mickey plays Ed Altman. That's his character's name. He's a doctor slash psychiatrist. And, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting role, to say the least. And I think it's misinterpreted in a way. But the movie's all over the place. Okay. This is what the back of the DVD says. Mickey Rourke stars as a Beverly Hills psychiatrist whose bedside manner has gotten him accused of contributing to the suicide of a beautiful patient. While starting over in Palm Springs, that would be Springs, he met another gorgeous woman and soon becomes the prime suspect in her husband's murder. He has been set up, but because of his past, he is unable to convince the law of his innocence and he must resolve the matter in his own way. That's the back of the DVD cover. By the way, I own two copies of the DVD. I own a VHS copy and probably... I would not suggest this if it's a first-time watch, unless you're desperate. There is a, at the time of recording this, a version of it on YouTube. A psychiatrist with a secret. Are you married? You are trouble. A lawyer with an obsession. They're not going to drop the charges because they think you slept with a girl. A croupier with a talent. I'd do anything for you. She was like a warm honeydew, sticky and hot. A thief with a problem. I can't have sex with my wife, Ed. I won't do this anymore. The plan. How would you feel if I were to sleep with another man? The decoy. Did you come here looking for me? Yes, I did. The murder. It's hard to walk away from something when you've got nothing. I did it. Oh, I saw it. Now, there's two sets of prints on this weapon. They don't kill people. What are we really talking about? Money, lots of money. The betrayal. All I got is a goddamn photograph and a tape. Home. Line and sinker. You bought the whole fish. I'm trying to play this game that you play, and I can't play it. You miss me? What are you doing here? Trust you. Trust me. Mickey Rourke. Annabelle Schofield. Carrie Otis. Anthony Michael Hall. From the director that brought you Three of Hearts and Anna. Exit in red. Love me. Ah, wow. uh, That's an interesting trailer, actually. It makes it look a little bit like nine and a half weeks in some respects and then like a film noir. But I am going to talk about that shortly because that's what it reminded me of watching it yet again. I've seen this movie about six times now, probably four or five times in the last year and a half. Uh, in preparation for this chat. Now, I first laid eyes on Mickey in this movie during the opening scenes. The pre-credits is when we first seen him from the first frame, basically. And he's not saying anything. He's driving a car with these two fighting people next to him in the front seat. I'll get into the actors eventually, but I'll just tell you something that... I kind of not always agree with, and that's narration. He's also narrating the movie. There's lots of narration, and I'm not always a fan in movies when there's narrating going on by the lead actor or by someone else off screen, or who knows? Just narration is a 50-50 thing when it comes to movies, and people who know me know that. There's also flashbacks, often boring flashbacks, uh, and multiple scenes, they arc back to the previous events, circling towards the opening scene that we see with the, uh, the whole wrestling in the car thing. Mickey has his first smoke at the 10-minute uh, mark. He's using a cigarette holder and filter. Uh, a barmaid lights it up for him. And there's also a close-up of the ashtray nearby. Exit in Red attempts to be, as I said, film noir, And another thing that got on my nerves and often does, it's an 80s thing, but hey, this is a 90s movie. There's a ton of saxophone on the soundtrack. It seems like every couple of scenes, there's a saxophone player chiming in to the moment. And I don't know, I just think enough's enough with the saxophone. There's quite a few shadows uh, depicted in scenes, which is also a trait of film noir. And, uh, well, let's talk about some of the clothes that Mickey wears in this movie. It showcases Mickey in an array of colourful, oversized suits. And that's just the beginning. Uh, ordinary pair of sunnies, he wears quite a lot. Uh, they've got this weird shape and coloured Uh A black shirt, undone. That's uh, standard Mickey. There's a purple striped shirt that he's wearing with a white collar at one point, uh, leather braces, brown shoes, this spotted scarf. He's got a rose in a white coat and a red tie. He also has a green tie on at one point, a handkerchief in this pocket, uh, which is quite significant. And he wakes up in one scene wearing stripy pyjamas, Mickey Rourke in bed attire. Now there's something I bet you uh, didn't think you'd see in a, a thriller mystery crime, murder, noir film, which uh, is actually pretty good, considering it's very low budget. The, now, I've got to say something about Mickey's hair. Unfortunately, some of the time in this film, Mickey's hair is the worst I've ever seen it. I guess it's part of his dishevelled character. However, in the end credits, it says that Mickey had a hairdresser on set, So maybe the hairdresser was purposely making his hair look greasy and not clean. And then at times it was obviously brushed, but it was like it was caked with something to keep it still. I don't know. There's some really jolting editing. And it's very misfortunate because it cuts in and out of certain scenes. And I'm no editor, but really ruins the moment at times. So I was not impressed by the editing. Some things of significant note in Exit in Red, I would like to mention. There's a scene where there's two detectives, uh, both pretty questionable actors, it seems, but, uh, you know, no fault against them. They, they got the gig and they were doing all right. As you know, as they, most actors can, they can play a cop. Not that hard. I wouldn't imagine. These, Cops, the two of them, they're interrogating Mickey's character, Ed. And at the same time, Ed is left-handed, hitting baseballs into a desolate paddock, basically by the side of the road, with uh, Joshua trees in the background. So there's these huge baseball hits going out into the middle of nowhere. I hope someone went and got the balls back or some kids might find them later. There'll be probably either tarantulas or rattlesnakes out there somewhere too, but hey, free baseballs. Mickey's hitting the baseballs far and wide while delivering his lines to perfection. And that's why I wanted to point it out. He's good in this scene. Dr. Ed also has a painting in his office of Native American sitting ball. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, okay, who is Tatanka Yatanka? Because that's what it says on the painting, and it's Sitting Bull. There you go. Little moment there that uh, I saw in the background of The Office that uh, Mickey hires and where all the trouble basically begins. Or should I say follows him? That's for sure. Every kind of mischievous antic follows Ed around in this movie. Hello. Wasn't expecting you. I wasn't expecting to be here. That's not much of a view. I expected something a little different. And there it is. the, The saxophone. Unbelievable every scene practically has that saxophone well I don't look out the window very much doctor I have a problem I'd like to talk to you about I don't know if I'm just interested in this guy or if I'm in a depression and he's looking good to me well how long have you been married too long Just walk away. It's hard to walk away from something when you've got nothing. (sighs) Yeah. If I were to show you the way I lived, would it help you solve my problem? it would. Well, there you go. (laughs) There's a lot happening in that scene and uh, the saxophone just plays merrily away. Very annoying. Okay, also of note, Ed talks about a girl he once knew that he liked and he says that she had kiwi lips. You know, like that fruit? Really, really ordinary dialogue at times. That's what he says. At one point he says in a scene, I like to watch... Now, that may or may not be in the script when uh, Ed says, I like to watch. Who knows? Mickey might have just ad-libbed to that one. And during a bed scene the morning after, his partner covers his face and neck with whipped cream. Look, it's he and Kariotis having fun in a scene and the cameras were still rolling. But, uh, yeah, if you ever, ever thought you'd never see uh, Mickey Rourke with whipped cream out of a can... All over his face, well, uh, this is the movie for that. There's a cobra in the back seat of a car in one bit too, which was pretty ballsy and it's a freaky moment. Look, the writing overall is very wayward. There's a lot of metaphors about sex and innuendos, as you just heard, suggestive actions, all with words, and then there's a few, you know, erotic, so-called erotic scenes. The cast alongside Mickey Rourke, Carrie Otis, former wife of Mickey from 92 to 98, 1992 to 1998. She's alarmingly beautiful. She's resourceful in this and a natural in every single scene she appears. Of course, Carrie was in Wild Orchid back in 1989 with Mickey Rourke and uh, she doesn't act anymore. He and Carrie have more than a few nice... And constructive acting moments together, uh, you can tell that they were enjoying each other's company as the cameras rolled in this film. And they were, I mean, it's 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 actually a okay movie. Around all its flaws, it's a decent thriller, low budget indie thriller. Anthony Michael Hall, he's also in it. He plays the uh, this this really weird, wicked husband to one of the people that Ed's having an affair with. And he's in the car, he's one of the ones in the car at the beginning of the movie, so that it's sort of circling back around to that story plot line. Uh, Anthony Hall. Uh, he also starred with Mickey Rourke in Dead in Tombstone, the western from 2013, uh, a movie that uh, I talked about on a previous episode of Mickey Rourke Talk. He is in one of my all-time favourite movies, the classic The Breakfast Club. He was in Fallen Angel. As well, uh, which is also known as Revenge, uh, in a movie Anthony Michael Hall starred with Michelle Johnson from Blame It On Rio. That was a movie out of the year 2000. He was in Johnny B. Good with Uma Thurman and Robert Downey Jr., Sixteen Candles, of course, and Six Degrees of Separation, directed by Australian Fred Skepsi and uh, had Will Smith in it, Donald Sutherland, Stockard Channing. Yeah, what a movie that was, Anthony Michael Hall. He was, uh, yeah, he's still around, he's still acting, and yeah, I think, I think he's pretty awesome. And this, he's so unlikable in Exit and Red, he plays a really good nasty bad guy. Also of significance in this movie is Annabelle Schofield. And you heard her name mentioned in the trailer. So, yeah, she's one of the main cast members here. And I don't know much about her, but her presence in the movie makes me wonder why she did not go on to bigger things. Annabelle Schofield, what happened to you? A UK actor. Uh, She was also in The Protector from 1997 with Matt McComb, Ron Perlman, Clint Howard. Now, there's a movie, The Protector, not the 1985 Jackie Chan exploitation romp. That was also The Protector, but the 1997 action thriller, The Protector. And, fun fact, also starred Bonnie Paul, who, incidentally, is in Exit in Red. Well, there we go. That is the end of this episode of Mickey Rourke Talk. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, you go out and watch those two movies if you haven't watched them already, because, well, I just spoiled them for you anyway. Exit in Red, I mean, it's all right. I mean, I I didn't mind it, and nobody really knows about it. And uh, Man of God, as I said, was a real surprise. So, yeah, keep it coming. Uh, Long live Mickey Rourke. If you are wanting to find out a little bit more... You could always check out my YouTube channel where I interview actors, directors, musicians, authors, whoever. It's a really cool, I guess you could call it, uh, entertainment style talk show on YouTube that I do. It's called Movie Analyst, Shane A. Bassett. You can also find me on Twitter or Instagram at movie underscore analyst. Drop me a line via email, shaneadambassett at gmail.com. And thank you very much for uh, tuning in to Mickey Rock Talk. You can also check out my other podcast, which is uh, a bit of everything, interviews and reviews and whatever else, uh, called Cine Critique. That's Cine underscore critique. And because I'm all excited after speaking to you about Man of God and it, it, it sort of ignited my interest for Francesco, Here is the trailer to finish up this edition of Mickey Rourke Talk. Francesco will be coming soon to an episode for your ears and Mickey Rourke fandom pleasure. My name is Shane A. Bassett and bye for now. He who would come with me must renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. Go sell what you possess and give everything to the poor. For days no one knew who was dead and who had remained alive. It was a ferocious war and ended in slaughter. You there, man of learning, will you tell us who you are? I don't understand. Didn't you want to become a Count? Or is you? And now, what will will your father say? Am I going to live in this city? If I am, I have to take the bad weather with the good weather. Where is your armour? your horses my client has embraced a different life what life the poor live on nothing i can learn from them i'm coming with you let me offer up the safety i've enjoyed you could be stripped of everything of every right get out of here get out we're supposed to go around like vagabonds What man can strip himself of everything to live like a a lamb at the mercy of the wolves? We have to rewrite the rule. We look at those like you who can stand to one side and live the gospel wholeheartedly.